Hi, I'm Jason Marcos. And I'm Barry Hamaguchi. This is Flop Redeemer, the weekly podcast where we discuss the stories behind our favorite pop flops and why you should give these songs a second chance. Today, I'm talking about Vincent and his debut album, There Will Be Tears, along with some other queer artists I'm bopping along to as we come to the end of this Pride Month. Happy end of Pride, Jason. Yeah, it's like the last weekend. Get ready to feel ashamed again come (laughs) July 1st. I'm ready to go back into my hole. Then we can be proud to be American on July 4th. That's true. Switch just switch the flags out on your porch. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, Barry, I'm staring at you for oh, the yes. first yes, time. Yes, we are, we are together for the first time. So hopefully there will be more synchronicity in what we're talking about <laughs> to each other. Yeah, we've... Uh, no more Zoom. No more Zoom. Oh, I don't want to... I want to be specific. Like, we're not going to use Zoom at, like, the word Xerox here. We were using Google Hangouts. Oh. <laughs> I'm an Android customer. I, I, I'm i here to fully support. Yeah, Barry Google. ruins all of our group chats because... You know, oh, I don't I don't give you free access to Apple messages. Sorry about it. It just stays green. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it's the end of Pride Month. Mm-hmm. It's been a very specific Pride Month. Yeah. Is this the second... Wait, did LA... LA did not have like a Pride Festival this year, right? Or did no. I... No, well, they did like a virtual thing. Okay. Uh, I knew nothing about it. I didn't do it. I think Charlie XCX was a performer. Okay. Am I, as am I terrible does. as being like, I don't really care for Charlie XCX? I feel that I passed, that that passed me by. Charlie XCX. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, not my favorite. Can we turn down the music just a hair? Yeah, it's okay. a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely hear what you're saying <laughs> how's that I, now i cannot hear any music but well, that's fine is, it's, it's fine. not playing look it's look playing. look look and listen we're perfect okay it's all it's all good um you know we're experimenting here as we uh venture back into in-person meetings but what were we talking about? oh pride so yeah. LA Pride, they did a virtual event, you're saying? Because they canceled last year's Pride. Last year's was canceled. There was the Solidarity March. Was it called the Solidarity March? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. We right. were we were in the thick of uh, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So, And we, we still lived in West Hollywood at the time. So we were we were right there for the, um, you know, like uh, when the, when the, when the, we were there for like the March route. But we were also in the middle of COVID. So didn't really participate in the march. I did go to cheer and stand like kind of fearfully away from other people. Yeah. But uh, I was there in solidarity, mm-hmm. but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a pride really wasn't a pride anything. Yeah. And then, and then this year, I think uh, the reason I feel like it's kind of weird is because things are sort of opening up, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not going to any of those things. Like uh, we went to the pride night at Dodger stadium a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and uh, that was fun. We were in like the fully vaccinated section and they had like a, a section for everybody to be to like just hang out and you didn't have to wear a mask. But we were talking about it, it was that was nice. But we were talking about how there wasn't like typically after one of those nights you go into WeHo or you go to like some of the bars downtown and, you know, they have pride celebrations and, and it's like a whole festive affair. But because everything this was like the few days before the June 15th reopening like the bars weren't really open. Okay. So like everyone just kind of went home. And so that just kind of put a damper. It just felt weird because normally in any other year we would have just gone out for a little bit. I never want to go out after a baseball game. 
Baseball is exhausting. It is. It is. Dodger Stadium is exhausting. It's a it's a psychological and mental. Uh, it's like a, the Dementors in Harry Potter when they come down and then they suck the fog out of your face. Like that's how I feel after a night at Dodger Stadium. It's just. It's so much. But it's fun, right, Barry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but then I just want to go home and go <laughs> yeah. to bed. I yeah, actually want to, yeah. like, also Dodger Stadium just makes me always feel, like, dirty and, like, sticky. Mm. I just want to go home. I don't want to do nothing. I, did, I mean, it was cool that night, so we weren't sweaty or anything. It wasn't, it wasn't like those games where you're um, sitting in the sun for, like, hours. Mm-hmm. But I did have this moment, I think, in, like, the fourth inning. And I was like, because it, it was one of those games where that you kind of ask for, right? Like where, where it's a game that kind of it's, it's going on for a while and it's kind of fun. Cause you, cause you can like drink beer, but I, but I, I noticed in like the fourth inning, I was like, Oh my God, we have like five more innings to go. Yeah. I was like, Oh, so we walked around a couple times. We, yeah. You know. Wait, did you get there for the first inning? We did. We okay. were there. Yeah. Amateur we were move. there right from the Amateur beginning. Move. Well, Dodger Dodger fans are notorious for showing up midway through the third inning. Well. And then leaving like at the beginning at the top of the eighth. Well, I will say the reason. So we were there on Pride Night. So I wanted to get my shirt. Okay. Um, And also the artist that we're talking about today, Vincent, was doing the national anthem. Okay. And so I wanted to see that. However, I was thwarted because while getting the actually truly hideous shirt that they did this year... We missed the national anthem, which is like my favorite part of any sports event, really. I don't know that I've ever gotten to Dodger Stadium in time to hear the national anthem. I highly doubt. That yeah, I... normally, I mean, normally I would say we're not or we're like all, we're at the bar or something, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. might sound it's not to say we're not patriotic or anything. But well, and then they do. Um, I mean, they do. God bless America mm. later, don't they? No. Yes. Oh, someone does. Maybe there is a there is a God bless America break. But not, all, not every game. Every game in my memory. Oh. There was a God Bless America break. I cannot speak to okay. or deny. Maybe maybe I got that I wrong. I don't know. I haven't been deny. to a Dodger game in a few years, so who knows. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I noticed about this Pride season was that there was a lot of conversation about like rainbow washing. Mm, which like I think corporate. has been Yeah, like the corporatization and the pandering to like the LGBT community during Pride Month. And I, I know it's something that people have talked about before and been very cynical about. I feel like I saw a lot of that conversation this particular year. Yeah, I think it evolved that, for like, sure. Obviously we're coming out of a pretty fraught year. There's a lot more attention, like, or there's a bigger spotlight being placed on things like income inequality and things like, uh, Oh, like, you know, the the kind of duplicitous nature of like corporate America and how um, allyship is often performative and not Mm -hmm. not all in, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the and, 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 you know, I don't know quite how I feel about it. Like, I feel like it's a complex feeling that I have for it, because on the one hand, it is nice to see companies that are willing to like manufacture and sell pride merchandise and well and who won't like fire you for being gay yeah it's you know because i know that that's not necessarily like the first step that corporations should be taking towards like allyship right like Mm -hmm. i think that the point is that like 
a lot of these corporations, like they are changing their Instagram profile picture to a rainbow <laughs> while they're donating to um, politicians and lobbyists mm-hmm. um, who have anti-LGBT stances on mm-hmm. things. In the interest, I hope, in most cases, of actually just because there's sometimes a, co- a correlation between anti-LGBT policies and like pro-corporate policy. Mm-hmm. That whole like corporation as a human being kind of mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I was thinking a lot about it. I didn't know how much of it was laser focused on the really heinous rainbow suit that you could get at Target. <laughs> I mean, that was really bad. I feel like that was championed as like prime, like gay pandering. Yeah. It's like, who is going to wear this hideous? But then I saw like gay influencers like promoting that stuff. Like they were getting paid sponsorships from Target to be like, hey, like wear our pride clothing this Look, year. Capitalism is is not heterosexual or homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> it's fraught. It's such a fraught thing. I think like, you know, we've been talking a lot about a lot of stuff in the past year, even on this podcast, where I think you've you've told me that like both things can be true. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've heard that phrase spoken more in the past year than I ever have in my life. Because I think we're confronted with so many things that are, you know, they're not as black and white as like something that can be expressed in like a single Instagram story. We live in gray areas. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I work for what, what most people and what even I myself wouldn't consider like a typical capitalist corporation. I work for a financial institution, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're we're the ones that are usually accused of the most like corporate, you know, rainbow washing and things like that. Like lots of token sort of gestures that don't really mean anything. And you know, in the last year after um I mean, I don't mean my company specifically, but just the industry in general. And after the George Floyd uh, the murder of George Floyd and and the protests, you know, there was there was a call within the company to really start focusing on a lot of issues in a real way. And instead of just being like, you know, we support all business or we support, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, really trying to define like, what are we actually doing to, you know, break down these systems that or reform these systems, um, remake these systems that are like supporting inequality. And, um, you know, really get at the systemic root causes of a lot of this stuff. And so as part of that, I've I've joined um, our, like, Inclusion and Diversity Committee. And I'm helping to write the communications, like, every month. I think we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really interesting thing because, you know, I, one of my focuses is, like, trying not to be very, like, milk toast and, like, you know, you know, oh, we, you know everyone should all get along and this is why, like... When we did, I had I realized like I had what a privilege I had to be able to speak to the entire organization, especially about pride, and you know let people know that just because you see gay people represent or or queer people in the media doesn't mean that like our fight for equality is over. Doesn't mean that like you can just kind of let things go. Um, you know, educating them on how pride started, and you know with with the Stonewall riots and, 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 but even like, uh, you know, events that had happened in the years before that, that were mostly, you know, started by transgender, uh, transgender individuals and activists that are like lesser known and, and really trying to make it as relevant as possible to our, to our group, like a financial service professionals and being, you know, I put the question in there, like, what are we doing to create safe space, safe banking or, you know, inclusive banking environments for like people of 
all sexualities and 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 gender expressions um you know one of the examples that people had is like you know a common thing that transgender people face is you know their names their legal name doesn't match their true name and so like there are certain financial institutions that are changing that are allowing um those individuals to like put their true name on their credit card so that you know it makes you know everyday transactions a lot easier right and like less of a less of a nightmare for people, um, less traumatic for people every day. And so it was like trying to like really bring it down to like, well, what are we doing for the queer community in this way? Like, what are we doing to help that? And and so, yeah, it's it's like, I think, yeah, I, I think that there is a lot of corporate rainbow washing for sure. But mm. um, I do think that, you know, if you can or if you're able to and like kind of change the culture from inside out, because um, a lot of us, do work for large corporations, um, you know, we can help make it less, uh, I don't know, lip servicey and, and mm-hmm. actually, actually more real, more impactful yeah. in real ways. Aside from like the corporate rainbow washing side of thing that I was seeing about with the target suit, the target rainbow suit, the other example of, rainbow washing that I had seen that was actually, it made me really think about why corporations take the stance that they do. Because like, in my mind, I'd always thought like, well, for for a corporation like uh, AT&T or mm-hmm. uh, Target or, um, or like a global corporation, like, I can't think of one right now. But for them to, <laughs> for them to take a stand and, and do something yeah. like change their Instagram profile picture to a rainbow flag. Mm -hmm. In my mind, it's like, you know, is that purely for business benefit? Like, does it benefit them more to voice that support on Instagram than it does to harm them? Because I I mean, I don't know the numbers, but like, I would imagine that they upset just as many people as they please by doing that. Yeah. Um, You know, so I was always kind of thinking like, well, you know, they must do that because on some level, they truly believe it's important to voice that support. Mm-hmm. Even if it is a small gesture that is not backed up by lobbying I mean, dollars. As long as it's, as long as it makes them money. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what it I comes guess that's down the thing, to, they, right? right? Like they wouldn't, I guess that's the part of me that wonders like, would they, would they not do it if they knew it would lose them? Like, a little bit of money. It, we're talking about something like, I don't know, it could be like a 55-45 split, right? Between people yeah. that would be happy that they're doing it versus people that are mad that they're doing it. And I don't yeah. know what the breakdown of well, that and is I globally, think honestly. Yeah, and I think that's why like there's there's been a lot of focus, like a pushback, like, okay, so you did that. What are you actually doing? Yeah. What are your policies? Like those companies, I, I know, um, was that Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib? Mm-hmm. She had went through... Um, you know, the different, I know we'll get some more, we'll get some more, we'll get some more wine. Um, there, <laughs> I was just frowning because face. our wine bottle's empty. So. Uh, um, you know, she went through the different, um, corporations that had posted the rainbow, right. Yeah, yeah. And then went through their, their public, uh, political donations. And we're like, why then did you support these lawmakers who are pushing anti LGBTQ yeah. legislation right now? Like you put this up but you donated $150,000 to this pack that's doing this and just kind of went through the whole list. And I think, you know, that's totally fair. I think if you're going to, if you know, if you're going to make a public statement 
or take a public stance, you better be prepared to to back it up because I think people now, queer people now, are not just gonna we're not just gonna accept your avatar change yeah. as proof because you know, then then it will affect your bottom line. Like I won't I won't support you even though you might put that up. But we're kind of, I mean, with stuff like AT&T, we're kind of like... Um, You're kind of stuck. Kind of stuck. But what I was noticing this particular year was people were pointing out that, you know, now with social profiles, some global corporations will have, you know, uh, L'Oreal US, mm. L'Oreal UK, mm-hmm. L'Oreal CN, L'Oreal RU. And I don't know if it's... I'm, if, I don't want to libel or slander L'Oreal, but they were, a lot of people were noticing that corporations that will change their social icons to rainbows during pride month will not do so in Russia or China. They'll do it only in the, in the, in the areas where it's safe. Which is, yeah, which is, which is to say that like there, there's a definite like corporate temperature check going on there to say that like, we're not going to unilaterally support this. We're just going to support it where we feel there's like a groundswell of support for that move, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's hard to feel good about like, I don't know, absolute vodka float. Yeah. Rolling I mean, down like I'm not Boulevard. celebrating. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's, there's, what there's that floats aspect? look like without absolute vodka <laughs> and Coors uh, and Bud Light. I know the Bud Light one. Um, what was it? Um, what was that? There was a TV station. Was it just the BBC? I don't know. Remember, there was a Pride year where they had all the absolutely fabulous. They had absolutely fabulous um, cutouts. Mm. For, I like, mean, fans. all the like <laughs> Disney would send out some people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I will because I will say this. Like, again, to go back to something that we were talking about last week about like the importance of Pride and not feeling alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you know those corporate gestures do go a long way in in terms of that making you feel like the world may be a little bit kind not like like more welcoming of who you are and affirming of who you are yeah i do think that i do think that it's meaningful it is not the be all end all nor is it the end nor is it the goal no i think you know you still need to push for more and there's still more work to be done so i think yeah uh it, you know like everything else you just gotta dig deeper yeah See you all next Pride. Um, <laughs> well, we're out of wine. We are. I, I. We are recording differently this week because we're together. I cannot tell how long we've been recording. We've been so. recording for twenty-two minutes. Good for us. Yeah. Um. I want more wine. Yeah. Let's I do take too. a break. Jason, I'm going to bring us back. Okay. Jason, we're back. We're back, Jason. We're back. Your wine is full. My wine is full. My cup runneth over. I wish it... I I wish. Um, It's filled tastefully to about one third full. Jason, before we proceed with this episode, I would like the listeners to know that they can email us with any comments, questions, or concerns at flopredeemer at gmail.com. We've actually started receiving a few emails. Um, I'm really happy to know that like the the angle that we're taking on pop music and flop music is uh, is something that others think about as well. Yeah, yeah. The songs that you love that other people hate. Who yeah. knows why it happens? I mean, we'll 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 t- we'll get to Joy Enriquez. Rest assured. I know a groundswell of support for Joy Enriquez, <laughs> who I only, honest to God, know as the wife. Of Rodney Darkchild Jerkins. 
I, I'm fami- more familiar with her, but well, I'm yeah. more familiar with Jocelyn Enriquez, who is a Filipina American okay. singer from the Bay Area. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of instead of Joy. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I know any Joy Enriquez songs. I only know Jocelyn Enriquez songs. All right, I'm gonna have to go back to the tapes because she's. Uh, I, I mean, Jocelyn Enriquez. But happy belated AAPI Heritage Month. Oh yeah, Jocelyn Enriquez. Uh, I think she had like a. I think she had a song on the. Uh, God, was it? Did she have a song on the Fifty Four soundtrack? 54? She has a song, like Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, the one with the uh, Ryan oh, Phillippe man, and Breckenmeyer. Mm, yes. I think she's on that soundtrack. Um. Anyway, please email us flopperdemer at gmail.com. Check out our website. Our website is www.flopperdemer.com. I occasionally update it in time for our episode to premiere. <laughs> um, occasionally, there are things that we talk about on that website. More and more, we're talking about things that I like YouTube videos and stuff that I try to actively put up there. So, you know what? Check us out there. Um, so yeah, I just wanted you to know, listener. Thank fa- you. Thank you. <laughs> Take it away, Jason. All right. Well, now, yeah, you sit back and you enjoy your wine. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I am going to talk about the artist Vincent uh, and his 2021 debut album, There Will Be Tears. And no, listener, you did not hear that wrong. The album came out. Uh, earlier this month. Um, It is very new. And Vincent is relatively new. And, you know, just to revisit sort of like the the angle that we take with this podcast, this isn't to say that Vincent is is a flop or that his album is a flop because like no one's listening to it. I think more people should listen to him. And especially for his, with, with such a strong debut, in my opinion. Um, I'm really excited to talk about him and uh, share him with you all. So Vincent's debut album is There Will Be Tears. Again, it came out earlier in June, uh, just in time for Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really love it so far. I've, uh, I'm trying to get Barry into it. Um, you're not as familiar, right? We started this episode. I, I had heard Vincent's name. I have no idea where. He's kind of been bubbling around. Yeah, I feel like he shows up as like a featured vocalist on other people's songs occasionally, maybe within the last few months. Mm -hmm. Or there was like a feature with someone else or something. Um, So yeah, like not super familiar with his music. Um, We're so timely with this episode that his album came out. I'm trying to catch up with this and his Wikipedia entry for 21, 2021 to present. There will be tears is just an ellipsis. <laughs> I saw that. I was just laughed. Someone, someone get on this Wikipedia page. Anyone who knows anything about 2021 dash present colon, there will be tears. You can go into wikipedia.com wikipedia.org. Sorry. And replace the dot, dot, dot with actual information. And, um, we will all be grateful for that information. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about like a specific song, but more sort of like this whole album and then just kind of give you a little background on like who Vincent is. So his most recent uh, single is called Getaway and it's with Tegan and Sarah. So, you know, queer icons, Tegan and Sarah. Um, it's a really fun song. The thing I like about Vincent is that his music is just so fun and exuberant. Even when it's about sad, you know, heartbreak, 
it's it's still got this pop fun pop sensibility. You can either groove to it or you can dance to it. Um, he's got this beautiful voice. Um, the the song "Getaway," you know, opens with kind of like a four on the floor, <laughs> steady dance beat with pulsing eighties. I call it a neon baseline. It just reminds me of like day glow neon like eighties vibes, like like a. But like Miami, what's it like a Miami Vice video game? Okay, <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it reminds me. Of. It sounds to me a a little bit like. It sounds to me a little bit like, I mean, this could be way off. It sounds to me a little bit like Saint Lucia, but yes, like a step past that, a step more energetic than Saint Lucia. Yeah, not as um, South African. <laughs> He's he's from South Africa. Okay, I would never think he sounds South African. No, no, no. I just mean that like it has more of a there is more of an R and B sort of inflection than kind of like the sort of pop that Saint Lucia does, which I enjoy. I love okay. Saint Lucia. I I feel like okay. I I see the I see the connection. I was trying to think of like who do I think. You know, well, I, I mean, because I don't know if it's because we're conditioned to think of black artists as R&B soul singers. Mm. I would not listen to Vincent's music and necessarily think he was black. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, I can. Well, I guess it depends on if you. Yeah, I guess if you go more into like some of his songs, he definitely has he. You know, it's really interesting you say that because as we talk, when we talk about Vincent, so Vincent, um, he's from Philly. His dad was a gospel singer and, um, you know, he, he would sing along in the car to things and he, his dad heard him singing along to the preacher's wife soundtrack, <laughs> which is one of my, I, I listen to that like every, it's, it's, uh, it is considered a Christmas album in my home and in my heart. Um, Whitney Houston, the preacher's wife, Denzel Washington, Courtney B. Vance, amazing movie. Uh, Whitney Houston does a cover of, oh my God, why can't I think of the name of the song? That's <laughs> one of my favorite songs. It's okay. Roll it back. Oh, man. Start that sentence over again. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Hold on. In the movie. Great movie. Beautiful movie. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. I believe in you and me. Okay. So, so Whitney Houston in the movie The Preacher's Wife sings I Believe in You and Me. And it is actually a cover. It was done by the Commodores before, I believe. Um I did not know that because as far as I'm concerned, the only person who sings that song is Whitney Houston. Okay. Um one of my favorite songs ever. Vincent as a child like hears this and starts singing along and his dad realizes my son has a gift basically like my son's super talented so they run out they actually get they get the album the soundtrack and that becomes sort of like his first sort of inspiration like in in music and um he just starts singing along and he talked in a in an interview earlier this year ahead of the release of his album about how you know those kind of diva the the Whitney Houston Mariah Carey Celine Dion, who is his mom's favorite, sort of pop divas of the 90s, inform, like really inform 
his vocal stylings. So we've talked about Whitney. We've talked about Mariah and how they sort of have like a, they came to have the, certainly they defined pop in the nineties, mm-hmm. but it was sort of a, a sanitized R and B, right? It's like R and B stylings over pop or R and B vocals sometimes over pop style, like set yeah. style for pop. Yeah. Completely. And if you listen to Vincent, I think the comment you just made that like you wouldn't realize that he was black. Mm-hmm. I think if you think about like who his major influences are, he sound he he's he's going more for those like a Whitney Mariah kind of vocal, uh, mm-hmm. like nineties vocal, like nineties pop diva vocal. Um he ended up calling it like fierce heartbreak pop. <laughs> Which I get. I, I was like, oh, this resonates with me. I was like, I really, I really love, I really love. So that's kind of like his voice. That's where he like comes from. So I, I just thought that's interesting that you said that. I think it's like, I, I think we're used to like, I don't know how to say this. I think when I think of like R&B soul vocalists, males, I think of a particular type of like mm-hmm. intonation. Like an usher. Yes. Chris Brown. A certain type of like uh, a certain type of uh, looseness around melody, like improvisational mm-hmm. tidbits and whatnot. There's definitely a sort of, and I don't necessarily hear that a lot no. with Vincent. It's a lot more to me. Like I think of like like I guess my comparison to Saint Lucia is like Saint Lucia will do these like almost like belted straight yell sustained high notes with mm-hmm. no vibrato True. you know what i'm saying yeah 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 and i'm hearing that in the choices that vincent's making mm. and it's almost like i mean you know i don't know what i'm trying to say no i i think i get what you're saying okay. it's it, it's it's definitely more pop than like his influences might be like r&b divas but r&b or or like pop r&b divas of the 90s of who we're talking about are definitely different than male R&B vocalists. Yeah. And the way they sing is marked... There's different markers, right? Like you were just talking about. Like yeah. Even if you think of like a Neo, who's like maybe not as like... Doesn't have that like Chris Brown type yeah. of swag you know, to his voice. Like it's you still know different. It, but you know what it is that all those vocalists have? I feel like was like a little bit of swagger a little bit of like a lean mm-hmm. to their vocals. When I'm hearing Vincent's voice, when I'm hearing his vocal delivery, immediately for some reason, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like Africa by Toto. <laughs> like that yeah, type of yeah, vocal. Yeah, yeah. Or well, I'm thinking of like Tears for Fears. I'm thinking the production is very similar to that. I'm thinking his actual vocal. Interesting. Like his, the, way he's, the way he's pronouncing the words, the way he's sustaining notes... It's more of like a... Like pop anthem? What do we call that? 80s British pop? Like arena pop? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, like, like think about the vocals to Africa or think about like uh, everybody wants to rule the world. It's sort of exuberant, right? It's exuberant it's in full. a way... It's exuberant and full in a way that a lot of male vocalists d- don't do these days. I think that I think that there is a stigma against uh, male vocalists soaring, yeah. so to speak. Kind of like spinning around in the rain, arms out. Yeah. Like happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joy is not allowed. It's, 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 it's the lack of toxic masculinity on this album for me that I love. That I like, yeah. it's, it, it is, it is a type of exuberance and like performance that I really can, can dig my teeth into. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also I think in a way, just like, I just love it. There's this queer artist who's thriving and making good music. Like it, it you know, and I think for me, that's, that's, that's a huge thing that like in 2021, like you can see that, right. It, not just relegated to the niches, not just relegated to working with like, pro- or, or having production that sounds cheap mm-hmm. because the technology has improved to the point where like, you, you know, whoever you're working with, you, can, you it can sound fantastic. Where I don't feel like that was always the case with queer artists. We were just talking about Pride. We would always see them on these stages, <laughs> like certain certain of them. And, you know, there are some that had followings and things, but like the music sometimes sounded kind of tinny or clunky. It didn't sound like mainstream music. Just always. Okay. Yeah. How did we even hear about Vincent? So Vincent, uh, I had heard him on, you know, like he would show up on pl- different playlists. Keep going. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm not there yet, but Jason, don't acknowledge my drinking problems. Just mm. keep talking. Uh, <laughs> just, sorry, it's my thing. Um. <laughs> No, so I I think I'd heard him I'd heard him on like different playlists. You know, every year on Spotify they they might have like an out and proud, okay, artist. You know, and I don't always mm-hmm. I, I for a while I I don't think I even really knew it was a thing. It felt a little gay ghettoy in the in in the Spotify world, and and you you they were very indie artists, and you, I think a couple of his his songs had kind of percolated through there, and I remember just kind of being like, huh. I like this. And then I would completely forget, completely forget about him. Um, And then last year, so there were two things last year. The first thing was that Queer Eye, the season of Queer Eye on Netflix, they relocated to like Kansas or Atlanta. I do not Uh, know. Did you watch? No, I did not know. So they weren't in New York, right? They kind of uprooted themselves and they went, they were somewhere else. And Vincent did a song on the soundtrack or the theme for that season, which is okay. called Be Me. Okay. It's not my favorite song. But Supplanting it... Betty Who. Yes. Because yes. Betty Who did the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Out with the old. And... Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and, um, you know, so he comes in. He does this song. I thought it was a good song. And I was like, that's a pretty big platform, you know? Queer Eye being what it was, especially in like 2020. I mean, this was... I don't know if it was right before or like right as the pandemic was hitting and like we were all in lockdown. So all you could do was watch TV. And um, I remember, so he and this is like my he, At this point, he's like a completely unsigned artist. Or is he? I don't know if he's unsigned. I don't know any of that stuff. Okay. I, it's, I, I don't, I don't. Like he's not like some of these artists where it's like, oh, they've been on this label. They've been on that label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if he's like releasing his music himself. I don't think he's producing it all himself. He is working with people. But um but you know not he he did talk about how well backing up a little bit vincent in 2018 was on the show the four and you and i talked about this before we started recording but the four it's a, such a complicated show to reality like, competition television music programming yeah our bread and butter which but like the, the theme of this of this show and like how it works like 
I do not know. How, I can it, I can barely comprehend it. Essentially, so it's based on an Israeli show, and there are four contestants. It, there are. This is unlike a lot of the other shows. Okay, this is ringing a bell, right? Where like in the other shows, American Idol, The Voice, there's like pre-show auditions that everyone goes through. This is this is not that. There are four contestants that are already chosen, and they have to perform for. I think it's a group of so so. There's judges, and the judges in the show are Diddy, uh, Megan Trainer, DJ Khaled, and then there was a fourth judge, a music industry guy, but then he got cut because there were sexual assault allegations against oh. him. Oh, uh, something Walker, Eric Walker. So oh my, yeah. So he's not in the show. So there's only three. Because I was confused because it was like the four, and I was like, there's only three judges. What they refer to are the four contestants. So the four contestants are sit in these like four rings. And every week, these challengers sing for a spot to challenge like one of the four. Okay. To like I, basically take their spot. Yeah. I think I've, I think I had seen an episode of this because um, I think that Rebecca Black tried to redeem herself by appearing <laughs> on this program. And I think that they, do they, I believe that they actually get to choose who they think they could beat head to head. So like if you're just assessing your own vocal talents, like your charisma, your uniqueness, your nerve and your talent. And you're thinking like, okay, like maybe I can't sing as good as this person, but I think I can beat them on charisma or something. Like you just have to identify like, who can I knock out of this for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what they do. Then it goes to the judges. And I think it's the, so again, this is very confusing. The judges or the audience, it goes to a vote. And so like at that vote, it's decided whether or not you get to stay or the challenger comes and takes your spot. So over the course of the season, people come and go. Basically, they leave these four. Um, and uh, we forgot to re- Fergie is the host. Oh, yeah. Notable fan, Flop fan Redeemer alum. Yeah, yeah alum. Okay. Um, <laughs> so honor flop redeemer honoree Fergie <laughs> honor flop. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so she's hosting, and so Vincent in 2018 appeared on the show, and he earned a spot among the four, and he did a ver a cover of the song of Radiohead's "Creep," and it was pretty good. Everyone really liked it. I like I like it. Um, I like the performance of it. I don't like. There's a recording on Spotify. You know how they always. The show will like sell a track or yeah. whatever. I hate those. They it's like they always it's sound too, so bad. It's it's for somehow they take something that sounds really like electric live mm-hmm. and make it totally like karaoke yeah. studio session demo singer. Sand down all the edges. All the life of it is gone. Yeah. But if you if you go on YouTube and you search for Vincent Creep, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh really good. He he's such a good performer. And I think that that was what really kind of brought him to people's attention. So this is in 2018. He ends up losing. Like, or he gets he gets kicked out in the final. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> There's a winner, and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. So you can't tell me that like the winner succeeded. Yeah. Um Well, like like most reality competition television and singing series is <laughs> That what? was a funny sentence. Like most reality competition television singing series of the era, there it's like uh, uh, satisfaction is not yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
what was I watching? And they brought like Ruben Stuttered out. Oh, it might have been like the. I was watching TV the other night because we just had the TV on and it was like the, I was like, what is happening? And then I realized it was the American Idol finale. Oh, what? This season. This season? Yeah. And Ruben like, Stuttered was there. Yes, I think so. Noted, noted vegan activist Ruben Stuttered. Is he? I don't know. I don't know if he's an <laughs> activist, but he was vegan for a while. Oh. I just remember Gladys Knight called him her velvet teddy bear. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only remember that he became vegan. Um, But, um, oh, you know, can we, can we re- re- walk back to his uh, iconic performance of Creep? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was listening to that. And I think that there is... There's a, there's a couple couple of layers to this. One is that the original version of Creep is by Radiohead. Yes. It's uh, a rock vocal. Mm-hmm. It's... Hi, Chris. We see you. We know you love yeah. Radiohead. Yeah. I mean, Tom York is like a good singer, but he's a very specific type of singer. Like you almost like tune in just to hear his his actual voice. It's not It's not like the strongest singing voice. And so I think that it's one of those songs where when you hear someone with a technically very excellent voice sing it it's like it really makes you listen to it more closely you know because once once the song creep i think once the song creep became part of like the pop cultural lexicon yeah it kind of washes over you and you just you you think you know all the words to that song and you think you know what that song is about and then you hear someone singing it in a different way Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit more complex um this is going to sound off the wall, but this is all relating back to something that you had told me once about why you love Barbra Streisand. Because mm. I was listening to his performance of Creep and I was like, oh, this is like hearing Barbra Streisand sing something. Mm. Because it's a song that I think that I was used to hearing Tom York's voice mm-hmm. where he's really pushing himself to all limits of his voice. Mm-hmm. And then you hear someone that makes it, makes all of the ranginess of that song sounds so effortless. Mm-hmm. And just tell that story. Yeah. And like find, it's it's like it's like acting. And it's funny that you say that because that was what I wanted to, you know, I have a note in here that there's this emotionality to Vincent's voice. And it is something that I think I I... I relate specifically to female pop divas. Like we're talking about like Celine Dion, Celine Dion Whitney, Whitney Houston. That, you know, when Whitney Houston does, I will always love you. It's not just because it's a big vocal. There's a way she performs that song that like gets you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it resonated. There's a reason why her version of the star spangled banner, like is one of the best of all time. Right, it, it just hits you. Just, there's just a way she's able to imbue emotion and kind of like find this angle that you didn't know was there this whole time. And to your point about like Radiohead, I mean, you you feel like you know that song, and then someone does it, you're like, oh, oh, it could be done like that. Like yeah. you're like, oh, that's what it's because like. it it goes beyond. At that point, it goes beyond being just like a cover version. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, that's and that's the thing. It's like you know, it, it's funny. I, I hadn't ever really heard him do that until I did some research for this episode because I I wanted to see, to your point, like, where is he from? How do we know him? How did he come to prominence? And so I almost didn't listen to it because I have this thing with, like, uh, music competition show performances where I'm like, is it going to be like, is is he doing heart? Is he doing alone? (laughs) Like, you know, like. 
what is you know like what what is like the the you know are they doing a queen song like what's happening right and um i was very pleasantly surprised and so it, you know what you just said really kind of puts into focus like why i really like vincent and why i like his music because he does have that quality about his voice um which doesn't always happen in pop a lot of times like with with some of the dance like like robin is one who if you think about dance music when you know her when in the early 2000s or mid 2000s when she was doing um body talk and there was a plaintiveness in her voice like she doesn't have the greatest voice mm-hmm. there's a way that she 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 you know dancing on my own that just made it sound so desperate right and like that's you don't always get that in a pop song particularly pop dance songs and so yeah, I, I really love that. So so he had been on that show. That's kind of how he came to prominence. Then he released a string of singles and an EP in 2018, 2019. It's always kind of, kind of bubbling up around there. And then in 2020, like I said, he was on uh, the Netflix soundtrack. Um, the other thing about in, that happened in 2020 was I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> and I watched a lot of YouTube on my TV. And there's a show, it's called The Terrell Show. So it features a guy named Terrell Grice. Okay. And Terrell Grice um, is a, I mean, he he can sing, but like he's, he's, he does, he has this interview show on YouTube where he interviews both famous and sort of up and coming vocalists. And he does like a song association thing or word association thing. So, you know, you have 10 seconds, he'll say a word and it might be like pride and you have 10 seconds to like sing a song with pride in it. And, you know, he has, you know, anyone from like people that you've never heard of to like, he had um, Cynthia Erivo and he had her on. And, and if you guys Google the Terrell, Terrell Grice, Cynthia Erivo, it's amazing. It's fantastic. They they have breakthroughs. It's it's fantastic. It's such a good show. I like that. Like your barom or your your like temperature check was like you maybe people you don't know or <laughs> Cynthia Erivo. Okay. Also have like Amber Riley, who again you might not know. She was on Glee. Um, a lot of people probably know her. More, you probably know her more than Cynthia Erivo. You know who she is. Yeah, Amber Riley. Um, but also Estelle. Estelle, yes, he did Estelle. Um, he had Chrisette Michelle on like yeah. last uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Chrisette Michelle, forgot yeah. about her. Yeah, I mean, I forget why I know who Chrisette Michelle is though. Oh, be okay, be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's good. She's good. She had that falling out though in her career because Chrisette she, Michelle, she performed at Trump's inauguration, <laughs> and I she mean, said she was. You know, it was became a whole she still thing. around? I mean. No, but I mean, it, people no, but like, like I know, but people really were like, before me. that, <laughs> did we remember who Chrisette Michelle was? In no, but some people thought it was a very, uh, that is the move of a person whose voice has just not been heard by anyone, anyone. <laughs> I bought Chrisette Michelle's first album. I remember. So. I remember. Didn't she do that one song that was kind of like a cover, not a cover, but it had a Nat, Nat King Cole sample? Um, I don't know. Was it produced by Will I Am? Was it something about Forever? The only Chrisette Michelle song that I can remember off the top of my head is Be Okay, produced by Will I Am. So that would be like the second or third Will I Am song that I've been able to identify. Like, 
in the course of this podcast that Man, I actually he's, like. he's everywhere. No, but I mean, I hate Will I Am. I hate I his music. I know. He just surfaced again because someone was talking about it. it Might have been T Pain. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, anyway, Terrell has Vincent on, and I I happened to watch it, and it is so lovely. It made me really love Vincent. Terrell's like just flirting with him like crazy because Vincent is cute and. It was just, it was fun. He's, and again, he has an amazing voice. It was just fun. So, so I was like, huh, let me, let me go back and listen. Cause he had, he'd released an EP. And so, um, yeah, I went back to listen to it and his EP was called, uh, the feeling that was released in 2020. Um, I just, I just really enjoyed it. So I've been kind of following him. He's, he also pops up because I listened to the podcast, keep it. And uh, he's friends with Ira, one of the hosts. Okay, so that he's was, al- so that I was, was two things a- that I didn't. I know nothing about. You so. don't know Keep It. It's fine. Sorry, it's fine. It's fine. Nor do I know who Ira is. Ira Glass. Ira Madison the Third. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From WBEZ in Chicago. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So so that all primed me for Vincent to start releasing some music earlier this year in 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 um, anticipation of his um of his album there will be tears so anyway <laughs> i don't know i'm kind of rambling i'm sorry no this but, is all good you know the the thing that i, I feel really your like, love for his music it's so what it is is it, it's this like quality queer joy <laughs> queer I, joy the other theme of our podcast queer joy i think like you know as things have started opening up Right. I've realized the things that I've missed over over the pandemic. Right. So like during the pandemic, it was really easy for me to be like, I'm never leaving the house again. I don't ever need to go out. I don't care about dancing. Blah, blah, blah. We're at Dodger Stadium and they do the fireworks. So it was the first time they did fireworks since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, they do fireworks on Friday. And because it was Pride Night, they had an, esp- an especially like Hex Hector kind of mix. <laughs> Pandering. Uh, so they had, so they played Gaga and they played Rain on Me. Pandering. I know it was so, but I was like, I was like, I love Rain on Me. You cannot tell me that Rain on Me is not a good song. Is that the Ariana Grande? Yeah, okay. I love that song. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. And <clears throat> I'm over there and I'm like, I turned to Adam and I'm like, oh yeah, I think I do miss dancing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, cause you forget. And then you're like, you're like, oh yeah, we didn't get to dance to this. And then yeah. they played the Dua Lipa. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like just being in a place, a safe space where like you and other queers are just dancing and it's like fine. Right. And you're just like, like you forget sometimes. And I- I'm reminded of this all the time in like the corporate world. I'll turn to my coworkers who are like the same age as me. And I'll be like, what do you think about Dua Lipa? What do you think? You know, whoever. And they're like, huh? I don't know. My kids might. And I'm like, your kids? You know, I'm just like, what? Well, that's because How do you we're not old. know who Ariana Grande is? No, we're getting old. But I, I feel like I listen to what the youths listen to. Yeah, I mean, we're on the upper end of that. We're on the very upper end of that. But, but I feel like that's a, that's a particular part of being gay or being queer. Is like I guess you, so. you sometimes you know these people that maybe their teenagers listen to. But we're coming up against the generation of people that like Ariana Grande because she was on the Nickelodeon television show, Victorious. You mean our peer group likes her because of that? No, oh, my no, no, niece. No, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying I'm is... I'm saying that we're... You're, yes, you're we like, identify you're, with our you nieces. Are, you, are, you are just... 
you know, sharpening your claws to dig in to like young things. <laughs> that sounds out of context. That sounds <laughs> not entirely inaccurate. You're clawing your, you know, your way back towards youth. Sorry. No, I, I know you. I, I know that famously, you are much younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my birthday's in two weeks, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? Your last two weeks of being three, what? You're three years younger than me yeah, numerically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, much famously, much younger than me. Much so younger. You're much Look, closer. I am in a separate to Ariana Grande than I am. I am in a separate decade than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you no. The Rubicon. I was conceived in a separate decade from you. I know, but like I'm. I was currently... born in the same decade as you. That's true. Oh, oh you're talking I'm about talking numbers. About our okay. Numbers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm in my forties. You have gone into the forties. I, you know, but I'm. It's coming. It's coming. We're becoming completely unhinged. Well, and I think that's the thing about this, right? Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this, and people my age are like, what? You know, like. Mostly straight people. Yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, I think we're also hitting the age where we maybe don't we maybe don't have our finger on the pulse of what is actually popular. Like Vincent is not popular. <laughs> I mean he, yeah. Oh, we well, have we have our reasons to think that Vincent should be more popular, but he is a a, a queer artist yeah. who is making a genre of music that is not currently popular. Like mm-hmm. we we are we are re-entering um we are seeing like the resurgence of rap music as pop music, right? Yeah. We are living through that and I'm I'm probably like too old to slide down that slip and slide very, very. back into like Wait, really? Cuz you're trying to like part your hair in the middle again. Yeah, and for that I'm listening to Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay, I love that album. That album is so good. <laughs> <laughs> but when I click on the Spotify, like Spotify's viral top 50, uh-huh. I don't know who any of those people are. By yeah, large. yeah, no, you know what? I get my, I get my release radar and if it's, <laughs> I'm going to sound terrible. Someone's going to flame me. If it's like rap, I'm like, skip, skip, skip. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I just want to dance. If you got, if you got a Lil in your name, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I just like... <laughs> Oh my god, we've become Statler and Waldorf. We're we're too too old. Well, you know, because I mean, well, what we're resistant to parting our hair to the center. We're well, it's trying, not that I'm resistant. I look like a fucking mushroom. We're still trying to come on now. I do. I'm wearing a hat now, but I I fully went all in. I got my first um, professional haircut in oh. like 18 months. Oh, I'm getting one on tomorrow. I went, I, okay, what I did, this is what I did because I wanted to be fully wabi-sabi about it. The the ancient Japanese art of imperfection. <laughs> did you put like gold in the crack or something? No, 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 no. But what I did was I, I took a shower. I just ran a comb straight back through my hair and let it, let oh. it lay where it was. Uh-huh. Let it air dry. I went to the barber and I just told her, I was like, well, this is what my hair wants to do when I get out of the shower. So cut it optimized to where it's flopping right now, which is kind of like a, it's kind of like an awkward asymmetrical almost center, but really kind of side part. Did she have time for your bullshit? No, she got what I was saying. Okay. Cause I I, I could just see someone be like, look, 
guy. Well, no, because I, I, I was basically like, see where my hair is parting right now? Like, this is where my hair wants to part when I get mm. out of the shower. Like, cut it. So that it does So that, that it parts here. So then because it, I was telling her, I was like, right now, all my hair is super long on one side. It's super short on the other because there was a huge disconnect on one side because it was always parting hard to the mm, right. Like mine. Against against my hair follicles. Against wishes. God and nature. Yes. Completely against God. God put my follicles pointing in particular directions <laughs> and it was not where I was parting my hair. It took it took like a long time of tre- of training my hair to go that way. So then I was like, you know. I'm clinging to my youth. I'm well. I'm trying to be. Tr- I'm trying to be sneaky about clinging to my youth, by not telling her to give me a center part. Mm. I was basically just like I. I, I spun the wheel, mm-hmm. the wheel of fortune, by just pushing my hair back with a comb while it was wet, and I know that my hair parts naturally, kind of towards the center. Mm. So my argument is like I'm not trying to be young. I'm just trying to like do as to God intended. <laughs> You're going back to, back to the earth. Going back to my roots. <laughs> the 90s. Um anyway, well, I mean, no, so okay, so so in terms of yes, I get that. I I I feel like Vincent makes me feel like it taps into and and listeners, you know, your mileage may vary. It taps into an energy that I used to have. <laughs> oh, completely. Yes, right. Yes, and I'm yes. like, oh man, if like, like if, you know, I think it's this thing of how we don't, we're gay men of a certain age who like when we literally just this past week, Tiger Heat, a club that we used to go to in our youth. Any LA listeners out there, do you remember, remember Tiger Heat? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lady Gaga oh. famously broke there. Oh, did she? I mean, she used to perform there, like, before she was big. Were we already too old? Did we not go there I think anymore? It was, we were on the cusp. <laughs> yeah, I think we had stopped going. Because oh. because Tiger Heat, famously, like, if you were, like, 24, you were ancient. Tiger Heat, a popular 18 and over gay mm-hmm. club here in Los Angeles. I went, I went to Tiger Heat for the first time when it was still called Tiger Beat. Oh, and then they got the... And they got a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were like, no, ma'am. And then it became Tiger Heat. And then we met. I met you after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was Tiger Heat. Because did you go to Tiger Heat when it was at 7969? No, no. Okay. I, the first time I had gone there it was at the Hollywood, Hollywood Athletic, Athletic Club. Hollywood Club, yes. Uh, the first time I went was with our friend Chris, who okay. brought along this this individual who uh, it, ended up telling me that I had really fat sausagey hands. and i was like okay i'm just recalling oh my god wait did we know some okay wait what did we know someone okay this is all ringing a bell did we used to go clubbing with someone who was a a short overweight transgender woman who told you that you guys were like twins Yes. Okay. <laughs> she also had like tried to share ice cream with me. First time meeting. Yeah. And I was like, that's disgusting. Even in the pre-COVID days, that was not okay <laughs> for you to meet someone on the first day, tell you that you're twins yes. and then try to share ice cream. Well, and we're, I think we're, we were both just brown. 
Yeah, that I mean, well, well, okay, I could have seen, and and actually, actually, I, I, as I recall, I did not disagree with that assessment. <laughs> not that you would have been twins, but that you would could have been like cousins. Could have been cousins. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, we used to go there, but I guess my point with that whole thing. Anyway, was, we're back at Tiger Heat. Well, my whole thing was that like we used to dance to like because we'd be like Britney Slave for You had come out. Uh, Jenny from the Block was a big deal at that time. Christina Aguilera, Dirty. This was like this. These were the songs that were huge when we were going there. Um, the A teens. <laughs> were they huge? I don't know. Uh, they weren't huge, but I remember some twink telling, saying like, "I really love this song." I was like, "I mean, because they had done um, like a prayer, a cover of like a prayer." The A teens, I believe so. And I said, "Well, what about?" I was like, "I prefer Madonna's version." And he was Wait, like, what? "She did it too." No. Wait, yes. what? I think it was like a prayer. I mean. But the A and A-teens... Was for ABBA. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like you're getting mixed up. No, All I remember... this was... No, because we'd go to that one side of the bar. I don't know. Yes. I, don't I know. remember Barry. I remember we would go... I mean, we would be there. Okay, LA clubs, 18 and over clubs. We were in the Asian corner. Asian corner. Again, uh, LGBT community, the gay community has a problem with race. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have a problem with race. I'm going to say it. I, actually, I don't know though because we ha- we haven't been out in we haven't, haven't been, been out for a long for, time. But when we yeah. were going out, when we what what did they say to us? Where are you from? No, where no, no, are no, you no, really no. from? We were standing outside of Rage on a Friday night. So nightclub Rage, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Here in L.A. had an Asian night on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Yes, called Game Boy. Game Boy. And we would stand outside in line to get in. And we were standing there and someone called out like, they looked inside and looked at us and said, oh, it must be Ninja Night. Mm-hmm. Like right in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you else? are Japanese, but still. Yeah. But he I was know. the only Japanese. Yeah, he didn't know. Also, one time we were at Fiesta Cantina. Do you remember this? The photographer came by and called us his Manila Warriors. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Thankfully, three of us were Filipino. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> how, do, I mean, just. But also, what is a Manila warrior? I don't know. No, it's a kind of folder. What was my point? We have a race problem in the gay community, <laughs> but. Um, what I was talking about was. We, were, we would go to Tiger Heat yeah. back then. We would stay from the early points in the club night. We would drink outside. We would drink outside, go in. It was early. They would still mm-hmm. be playing mainstream R&B, mm-hmm. like uh, B2K. Oh God, yeah. That that B two K song, and we would stay all the way to the end when they would forsake traditional pop music and play European mm-hmm. EDM music, mm-hmm. like that, um, like the music video where the woman's hammering a nail into yeah. a board. Touch me, and then just exactly, the... exactly. You know what I'm talking. We'll post that song on this yeah. week's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> we were those people. Yeah. And we don't have those opportunities We anymore. don't. We don't. And this this really taps in. Not just that we don't have the opportunity, but like I think a lot of times, you know, we live vicariously through our female divas in, okay. in, in the gay community, right? I, I'm yeah. speaking specifically from the gay community. You know, we, we go and we like, you know, sing our hearts out while dancing. Well, old gays go and sing our hearts out to like Deborah Cox. Nobody's supposed to be here. Whitney Houston. It's not right, but it's okay. You know, Jenny from the block, Jennifer Lopez, with her stiletto Timbalands, which, I mean, those should make a comeback. But 
Vincent taps into this thing where it's like, it's just a gay man. A black gay man doing his thing. And I can dance to it. I don't have to live vicariously. I live in a world where like his music can be on at the club and I'll dance. And like it's exuberant and it it hits all those same pleasure centers. You know, and, and that's what I really love about him. It's that his, the, you know, it's it's the quality, the quality of the music. I'm not like apologizing for like, well, I have to listen to it because he's like a queer artist, you know, like back in the day, like sometimes, you know, you'd be like, well, I want to support them. Even yeah. if it's like not great. It is also that thing I think you were referring to of in the past, you would either transpose your feelings onto a female diva mm-hmm. or you would have a disproportionate respect or admiration of an artist just because they're gay. Yeah. Left not to ref- not to think of it as like affirmative action for gays, <laughs> but like a little bit. Would I own an Adam Lambert MP3? Would I have purchased "What Do You Want from Me" on iTunes? That's actually a good song, though. It is, but I like Pink's version better. Yeah, no, agreed. the demo version agreed. better. Agreed. He's a little screamo. He is. I mean, I saw Adam Lambert live when he was performing with Queen, but like, and he's excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent Not to singer, take anything away from him. But again, it's what, it, what were you calling them? The neural pathways? The, uh, your synapses, your pleasure your centers. Pleasure centers. My pleasure centers. I don't think that they're like organically firing. Like no. you're kind of, you're kind of forcing you're it to happen. You're kind of telling them. You're like, okay, come on. He's gay. Yeah. You're, and so you're, you're thinking gay. like this, mu- this has to make me happy. Yeah. It's like, and I yeah. think what I was talking, you know, when I was talking about um, erasure last week, I think a lot of my, my love for erasure is because of that is because in the nineties, here's someone who's recognizably gay, even if this is not the type of music that I would have generally well, do listened to. Do you like to. erasure? Because I, I feel, I do mostly for, for that reason. It's interesting because I feel like that's how I felt when you guys would play it like when we first started hanging out like 15 years ago i did not have any connection to it because i didn't hear erasure at all when i was a kid and so i knew nothing of it it really wasn't my thing but now when i hear like a little respect like especially over like a pride documentary (laughs) i'm like this is so fucking good i mean it's all it's all of it is imbued with meaning yes because it is it's so fraught it's fraught it's got queer undercurrents yeah. it's got queer undercurrents that you didn't that straight people didn't know were there no and it's like you you as you get older and i think you know we were just talking about being older <laughs> you really get it like i mean you just like these things that are meaningful to you because i think you realize yes things are you know things are better we can be out like you know you and i've been in partnered relationships for a long time at this point. Um, it's not a problem with anyone in our lives, really. But then sometimes, there, every once in a while, there'll be this thing where you're like talking to someone and they just like don't get it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't get like why this would be a thing for you, why it's important to you. And then you realize you're like, oh yeah, because like I do have like a different experience. Like this is not the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you see someone like Vincent, and that's what I was just trying to say. It's like, you know, someone like Vincent. It's like. He's breaking through. I hope he breaks through. Um, whether he does or not, I will be there to support him. So I, I just really, I really appreciate this album. I think everyone should listen to it. Um, I do have, oh, well, what were you going to say? I was just going to continue drinking wine. Yeah, yeah. So you should continue speaking. Well, because I... Start that sentence over again. Go. 
<laughs> well, and in addition to Vincent, you know, you're talking about having our finger on the pulse. So there are a few other artists that I've been listening to, not just this Pride season, but because in some uh, some of them I've listened to for a long time. There are others that like because of certain Pride playlists I've mm-hmm. heard more, and so I wanted to just give quick little. Uh, Hey, like check them out. Yeah, give us your lovely first alternates and so there's someone so there's there's a band called Muna. Are you familiar oh, with Muna? Um Jason. Yeah. Don't don't tell me about Muna. <laughs> I love Muna. <laughs> Do we like Muna? Do you like we, Muna? I like Muna. Okay. Okay, well you know how I know Muna. How? Because okay. All these Netflix original series and yes. Netflix films, like they license all of this cool hipster music. Was it the Alex Strange Love? Because their song is in that. Muna was in Alex Strange Love. Muna was also in the trailer for uh, the new Tales of the City. Oh, Amistad Mopin? Yes. Okay. I didn't Armistead? Adam watch Armistead? Armistead? Armistead. I don't know. Armistead? It was good. Yeah, I've heard. Not, not to sidestep. Well, was it good? Mm. Move along, move along, Muna. Okay, Muna, yes. Yes, yes, Muna. I will co-sign on Muna. Muna, so if you guys don't know Muna, so the two songs I like, not to say that I don't like their other songs, it's just there's two songs on their 2019 album that I really like, Pink Light and Taken. Um, I really got into them. All three members of the band, it's a... It's a it, so both, two of them identify as queer, one of them is non, non-binary. But they're like this electro pop, electronic pop band. Uh, they started out as like ska and progressive rock. So there's like that sort of very indie alternative sort of vibe to them. Mm-hmm. But with this kind of slick pop sheen a little bit. I, I just love the lead, the, the, the voice of the vocalist. Is it, Ga- I forget her last name. I, I know nothing. Her. I just know that just like, like their music. If you, if you know Haim, mm-hmm. and then if you know a band called The Aces... Muna is somewhere like in the middle in the spectrum. It's it's kind of rock, it's kind of dance, They're a little it's more kind grungy. of 80s, it's kind of electro. It's yeah. got it's got influences. Yeah. It's it's ambient. It, it's moody too. Moody Muna, yes. I when we when we went to Philadelphia in 2019, I just listened to that thing on a on repeat. Okay. Um uh so Muna they also did a cover of Normani's Motivation on Spotify. Okay. Which I enjoy. Um Today, I discovered an artist named Milo. It's M-Y-Y-L-O. Okay. I'm going to play this song. Okay. He has a song called Kissing on Your Dad. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's hilarious and fun. And like, I just think it's really fun. Um, he's really cute. And um, it's just fun. He's got a bunch of other music. Very like pop. He's an LA-based artist. Okay. Um, check him out. Uh, <laughs> there's also an artist named. Um, let's see. Are we just going through all of our? No, I'm thinking there's there's a guy named Chaz Cardigan. I think I mentioned him earlier. Okay. Um, so he has a song. He has a song called "Not Okay." Okay. Which I believe was on one of those Netflix. It was like on a Lana, all of these Lana people, Condor Netflix. Netflix just gets on this sonic wavelength with these artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like his song "Not Okay" and "Middle of the Road." 
I like both of these. They're really fun, like kind of alternative pop. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hip. I'm with it. You are. He's like 23. Okay, young. <laughs> um, a little older is uh, I like. I've been listening to Trixie Mattel and Orville Peck's version of Jackson. Okay, Trixie Orville Mattel. Peck. Orville yeah. Peck. So fascinating. Yeah. So. Orville Peck is a gay, I think, so. country singer. Ma- mask, faceless. Face. Well, because he always wears a hat and he wears a mask, and then under the eyes, it's like a Zorro mask, but under the eye portion, it's like long fringe, so you can't see who he is. Yeah. Um. He's been identified though. Yeah, as like okay. a pop singer, right? Or p- punk, he, punk. Punk. He was a he's punk like a drummer. Band. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Uh, by his tattoos. It, so so Jackson is a cover of a um God, see this is what happens when I drink with you. I'm like <laughs> It's okay, Jason. Uh June Carter Cash, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> June <laughs> Carter like, Cash's husband. <laughs> I was like, what was June Carter Cash's husband? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a cover of a Johnny Cart Johnny Cash and June <laughs> Carter Cash song called Jackson. And I love it. I do love Trixie Mattel though too. Um, I Okay, because you know like Trixie Mattel talks about like having had dreams of like being like a singer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's... I don't know that that was ever going to be feasible. No, Trixie but... Mattel is like a passable singer. You know what I appreciate about Trixie and her music? Is that... Lack of self-awareness. No, sorry. <laughs> I don't know about the lack of self-awareness. I think just the... just She's just going for it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, like yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, you I know... Love, like, I love... I, hey. She puts it all out there and it's like... Is, she makes does choices. She have, does she have the best voice? No. But she... But it's good... Like... I would say it is well done. Yes, yes. It is well done. Like, she's committed to it. Like, she takes it seriously. It's fun and catchy. You know what? I mean, you know what gets on me, gets to me about Trixie Mattel's music is um, the way that she enunciates every single word, every single lyric. Yeah, it's it's very, uh, very, very, very uh, there. It's not, it's very on the nose. It's like the way that you would speak words, whereas I feel like we're used to, like, people singing words differently from how they speak them mm-hmm. um um orville pack okay so that gotcha. and then and then the last person i will mention okay is lp don't you know familiar with lp nope lp is i don't know if she's a lesbian or okay. queer or non-binary but has been kind of <laughs> like around for a while okay I signed up at one point, like, years ago for, like, a newsletter. So, the thing is, is, like, I always get emails, like, LP is doing this, LP is doing that. Never liked any of her music, really. Okay. However, last year, there was a song that came out. It was called The One That You Love. Okay. I really enjoy it. 
Is it she this looks like spaghetti like, western yes. kind of vibes? Okay. Spaghetti western vibes. The video is a spaghetti western. Oh. Yeah. And oh, see, I'm just picking it picking <laughs> you this got up. It. It's, a, it's that in my like, ears. It's like the opening of like of of uh, uh Kill Bill. You okay. know that you know. Yes. I'm getting it. It's in my ears right now. I, I understand. Yeah. And I really like the song. And I really like her. So and again, I apologies if I'm like Misgender. I don't. I don't know. Oh no. Okay. She kind of styled. She's well, kind of styled do, like uh, they're kind of styled like they okay. like uh, Bob Dylan. Okay. In the sixties a little bit. Like there's that kind of vibe. What was that movie? Leather jacket. Oh, uh, yeah, the one with Kate Blanchett playing um, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Right. Like yeah. they all played Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, LP the one that the one that you love. Love it. Um, and that's, that's, that's my, my thing on Vincent and like artists for Pride. LGBT like, artists. There's, there's, you know, there's all of these people. Connor Gray is another one. Not, not in my script, but. Okay. You know. Can I glom onto things? this, uh, this, uh, yeah, this, uh, do it, dog pile of artists? Because, uh, noted vocalist John Grant. Oh. Formerly of the band, the Czars, mm. recently came out with a new album. Czars like car, like, like, like. Uh, what do czars do? Aren't they like yeah? They're like leaders of uh, what was the what was the what, what are czars? Wasn't there? Didn't Obama have like the whatever czar and the and oh people, yeah, people yeah, yeah. the czar the czars? But he was part of a band called the czars. There's a really good ABBA cover that the czars does oh. called Angel Eyes. Excellent cover of ABBA. If you don't know this ABBA song, Angel Eyes, listen to the ABBA version of Angel Eyes. Listen to the czars version of Angel Eyes again. A song sung by a man where he does not change the pronouns about the object of his longing. Huh. That and you know, that's not uh that is that is that is um not common. Not common. Excellent Zara's song. He did a bunch of solo stuff. He has some gr- oh, I think that I talked about him before because he had done the vocals for a Hercules and Love Affair song. So Hercules oh. and Love Affair, also another gay artist, um, producer who had done a song with John Grant called I Try to Talk to You. Excellent song. But, oh, John Grant, bizarre songwriter, beautiful voice. He looks like Nick Offerman. Oh. He's an older gentleman. Um, he has great songs like GMF, which stands for Greatest Motherfucker. <laughs> He has a song called Mars, which I love. He has a song called Sigourney Weaver that I absolutely adore. It is not on Spotify. Well, no. Angel Eyes is by the Czars. Yeah. All these other oh, songs John Grant. are his solo work Grant? as John Grant. But he recently came oh. out. He recently came out with a song called, uh, or an album called Boy from Michigan, which is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Great for him. All right. Um, I wanted to, because I wanted to maybe mention him. Um, apropos of nothing, if you've ever listened to Haley Kiyoko. Yes. I was going to mention, but I didn't get to because I LGBT didn't feel identified like I could artist, do her queer artist. Um, that, I loved her on CSI Cyber. I liked her on Drag Race, Celebrity Drag Race last year. 
Okay. She got done up in drag. Oh, I didn't see. I Oh, oh that wasn't with, was Lonnie Love also yes. on that? Okay. Yeah. But Haley Hioko was originally, the first time I ever saw her, she was on CSI Cyber, huh. which lasted for two seasons. It starred um, Medium. Oh my God. Patricia Arquette. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Bow Wow. And yeah. Dawson Creek. Nope. No. What's Wait, his name? James Mark- Vanderbeek? James Vanderbeek. <laughs> Dawson. Dawson Creek. (laughs) (laughs) We are old. We're so old. Yeah. Um, Haley Kyoko, check her out. Um, I feel like there was one other person that I was thinking about. Haley Kyoko is good. Oh, you know who I was wondering about this Pride Month? I was like, whatever happened to We Are Fancy? I am fancy. He is fancy. Mm. Do you remember that? Barely. I know the... I, I, I feel like I know what you're getting at. Who is fancy was an artist that was signed, I think he was signed by Scooter Braun. And he did this debut single featuring- Who was fancy? Megan Trainer. Oh. Was it Megan Trainer and Ariana Grande? The last song was, uh, no, uh, Megan, yeah, Boys Like You. Boys Like oh. You. Oh. Very, it was like, it was like, uh, glitter bearded, like mascara mascara bear yeah bear femme gay who is fancy who is fancy um i was thinking about him the other day and i was like whatever happened to that guy because i was like i remember him being like signed to a big management deal and we get this one single with megan trainer and ariana grande i was like what happened to him um he has rebranded himself as like a full-fledged country artist. What is his name? Fancy Haygood. Oh. Haggood? Hag- ha- oh, all the dogs in the back of this car. Southern curiosity about, let's see, what is it? Just your not-so-average queer tugging heartstrings in the South. You can find me somewhere between a bar and a five-star. Mm-hmm. I'm badass, high class, and got a tank full of gas. <laughs> Without further ado, welcome to Queer Southern Pop. Okay, you know what? I'm in. Yeah, it's it's I'm in. He's like excellent vocalist. Um I feel like it was gonna be hard to place him anywhere in like a major label mainstream pop music kind of spectrum. Yeah. So I'm glad, but I was glad to discover that in 2021, in the year 2021, after a global pandemic, he is still active and still making music that's great so take a look at what fancy yeah, Hager fancy is doing. Hager. look look we're learning yeah i'm learning you're learning um jason yes how long have we been recording it says an hour and 28 minutes oh not bad okay. no it's not and we did take a break to refill wine and we recorded multiple minutes at the beginning that we were going to cut out so yes, I did tell you I was going to cut lots of stuff. I mean, it probably I just have like to remember 15 that or something like that. so that we don't dox ourselves. Yeah. My constant, my constant fear. You're more worried about it than I am, but that's, that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's not true. It, you, the, the the internet the internet where we store the audio files that become this podcast is it, it's a dark place. It's true. Oh my god, darkness is not reserved just for the dark web. It is. It's all over the light it's out web. In the open. It's all over the light web. It's all over the uh, partially lit web. 
The darkness is everywhere. Um, the darkness is everywhere. Happy pride. Happy pride, everybody. Happy pride from the dark place. <laughs> no, 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 no. We are, we are lightness. We are love. Barry, this is our first episode, like, together. Yeah. Can you tell the difference, audience? We're drunk. We're together. We were celebrating. I mean, it's been a long time. We're looking each other in the face. It's weird. We're not wondering if the other person is paused because of internet lag. <laughs> I guess sometimes, like, you would, and I was like, oh, and then you would freeze. I was oh, like, most oh. of the time, I'm just thinking. Most oh. of the time, I have, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. Um, Happy Pride. That's, That's Pride. It. That's Pride. That's Pride. Uh, do you want to take us away yeah i'd love to take us away jason so special thanks to adam elder as always every week every week and for setting us up today oh yes special thanks to adam elder for composing our theme music and for screwing our boom arms to the Mm -hmm. dining room table yeah (laughs) yeah where we sit in unair conditioned splendor yes and consulting for us on getting, making getting sure all that of the, the audio quality of today yeah. is um so as opposed to the content of today's episode the audio quality will be good <laughs> thank you adam elder songs and videos featured on today's episode will be posted to our website floppredeemer.com remember to rate review and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice check us out on social media at floppredeemer on instagram and twitter and at facebook.com slash floppredeemer as always you can email us. I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can email us at floppredeemer at gmail.com. And you know what? You know what, listeners? <laughs> we get them all. And we truly appreciate it. I, we, I, speaking for both of us, don't want to let our social awkwardness in terms of, like, replying. Hey, listen. <laughs> I have, like, 11... Th- my personal email has 11,000 unread emails in it. Um, my text messages, I don't respond to text no. messages to anyone. No. So the fact that our uh, flopperdeemer at gmail.com has zero unread messages. Yeah. Is, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of modern medicine. It is. And you know what? We appreciate it. We appreciate you. We are adding <laughs> each of the suggestions to our list. Um, you know, some of them, like Laura Nero, require a little more research. But. Way but, to call someone out there. Hey, you know what? I just want to acknowledge him. Okay. Will, Will we acknowledge you? 